Welcome to the Hope Frontier Podcast. Hope Frontier is a multimedia platform that dives deep into the Bible, helping you connect God's Word to your life. Check us out on our YouTube channel and HopeFrontier.com. To support our channel, please subscribe and go to our giving page on HopeFrontier.com. Step into your new frontier with hope. Hey everybody, welcome back to Hope Frontier. This is Ruth chapter 2. So last time we looked at Ruth chapter 1, and we really looked at mainly how Naomi's heart was conflicted because she wanted to believe that God was good, but then she experienced these troubles in her life. Part of it was because of her and her husband's decisions, and she became bitter, and she became angry at God. But we do know that God is faithful. We know that he has his covenant promise that he made with his people. And that we're going to see how God does provide for Naomi. And that he uses Ruth, the Moabite woman, this foreigner who just until recently was worshiping another God. So so God takes people with their challenging situation and he wants to prove his covenant faithfulness to them. So just like the last chapter, we're going to go part by part here so we can uh, break up the long sections and kind of talk about it and go into more detail. So here we go, Ruth chapter 2. I'm actually going to start in the last sentence of the previous chapter and just go from there. So they arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now there was a wealthy an influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, All right, my daughter, go ahead. So we'll just stop right there. The first thing we got to see is that the story comes full circle back to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest, which is exactly what it said in Ruth chapter 1. So already we can see here that it's setting up for God to do something. That They left, Naomi and her husband left at the barley harvest because there was no food. And now there's an abundance of food, so she's back at the barley harvest. So the stage is being set for God to bring fullness into their life. That's what we're setting up here. And it brings in the story about Boaz, who uses the same word actually in Hebrew for Gideon as someone who is mighty and noble. Although the, in Gideon's description, it is more linked to his military prowess. But Boaz is more linked to his uh, financial wealth and his generosity and his noble character. So Ruth has no idea about this man, Boaz. And we can assume that Ruth probably understands that the culture where widows and and foreigners are able to uh, glean this uh, leftover discarded barley so they can live off of it. But once again, this is completely up to the farmers. They can be rude. They don't have to do it. God wants them to do it. So there's a lot of hostility that was faced and a lot of uncertainty for these people. 
So Naomi responds by allowing Ruth to go out, take a chance, and glean this barley. This was not the safest thing for for women to do, especially if they're foreigners. They could be harassed, they could be attacked, they could be kicked out of the land. There's a lot of difficulty and challenges here that Ruth was going to face, especially since everybody in the town knew who she was, knew she was a foreigner, but she was brave and she was bold, and she knew that her responsibility was to take care of her mother since that was her promise to God. And we're going to see how God is faithful to that amazing promise. So in verse 3, Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. And here in the Hebrew, it says, by chance. It was a chance encounter that this happened. Now, we do know that in this time period, the Jewish people believed there was no such thing as chance. <laughs> they believed that every single thing was predetermined by God, that he knew it was going to happen, and that his hand is involved in everything. In Proverbs 16, verse 33, it says, We may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. So clearly the people knew and believed that there is no such thing as a chance encounter. So why is it really here in the book of Ruth? And this is a really integral part that is so easily skipped over. The point the author is making is, hey, stop right here. This is not chance. This is God bringing things back full circle. So the fact that he's saying, oh, just by chance, he's telegraphing an extreme amount of way the fact that God has brought them back full circle. And it's really evident, once again, because the author just said, back in the barley harvest. So God saw that Naomi had left, saw her hardships, allowed blessing again to come into Israel, brought her back at the time of the barley harvest, and now God's hand is upon Ruth, who is faithful to Naomi. So once again, God is really going to show his covenant promise and faithfulness to Naomi. So in verse 4, while Ruth was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. So here we can see that Ruth was up early. She went very early in the morning because Boaz wasn't even there in an important part of the day for farmers. Just imagine he's the CEO of a company. Boaz is up early to go to his company. And Ruth's already there. And we can actually see that Boaz is a really great and noble charactered man. He's greeting his harvesters. He doesn't have to do that. You know, they're his workers. But he's doing that. And he's bringing God into his workplace. And the harvesters are happy to see him. The Lord bless you, they reply. So there's a very good relationship that Boaz has with his workers. And this really just shows his character that even before he even has any interaction with Ruth, he's a noble man who's trying to follow God's ways. He's trying to bring the principles of the Torah 
into his farm and make it a place of blessing. So Boaz asked his foreman in verse 5, Who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, She's the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She's been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. So Boaz really knows what's going on in his farm. And he can see that something's different here. Because there probably would have been other women, uh, widows or orphans or other people who are needy who are working in the field picking up these leftover grains. But he sees something different here and he really wants to know what's going on. So really he's actually more interested in what family she's part of. Who, Which family is she part of? Because as a nobleman, he wants to take care of the Israelite community. He wants to provide for the, the poor. He wants to provide for the widows. So here we can see Boaz's true character coming out. One that is noble, honest, and good. So he finds out that this woman is related with Naomi, who he knows is his dead brother's wife. So, since this is a relative to him, well, this what this woman is doing could be looked at as low quality and shameful. And she's just begging for food. He could have just given her money, shoot her away, says, don't come here, don't make me look bad, I have an image to uphold. And he's really bringing to life what God has said about generosity and charity and just loving those who cannot fend for themselves. In verse 8, Boaz went over and said to Ruth, so already it's a pretty big deal. This man is important. He's wealthy. He's got all these servants that could do all his biddings for him. But he himself went over to Ruth, who's a foreigner. There's a huge cultural barrier here. Israelite men do not talk with foreign women generally. And he's doing it in the middle of his farm. And people can see it. He is being really bold here and just showing his compassion to this woman. And he says, Listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they're harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you're thirsty, help yourself to water they have drawn from the well. First thing he says Listen, my daughter. Not, hey, foreigner, listen up. No. Not even, hey, distant relative. Nothing like that. He's addressing her and bringing her into his life in a loving and respectful manner. And what he says is, I'm going to take care of you. Work with the young women in my field. And just follow them and you'll be safe here. Now, one amazing thing he did, and some people say this is the really the first case of the uh, anti-sexual uh, uh, discrimination in the workplace, right? He says, I've warned the young men not to treat you roughly, right? They're not to harass her with words, not to be aggressive with her, 
not to do anything wrong to her. They are to treat her well. And this is unheard of because in that culture, right, she's like the lowest of the low. You know, a lot of these men may see her as being in the way. You know, they're trying to do a job. And who is this woman here? Ugh, can she just leave, please? Why should we be nice to her? She's just here to, 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 to get free food from us while we're working hard. That's how it can be seen. And it can be dangerous for them. And next we can see how Boaz is even more generous with Ruth. And in English, we really miss a significance here. But he says, help yourself to the water they've drawn from the well. Now, the word they is masculine. It's a plural masculine. So what Boaz is saying is, these men that are drawing water, you can drink their water. Now, to you and me, that may not sound so big, but it is huge. Because in this culture, the women, especially the foreign women who have no social status, were the ones who were supposed to draw the water for the men. And Boaz is saying to her, you are an honored guest in my field. This illegal alien, this woman who has no status, has no money, has nothing, and all these men are working hard, breaking down these cultural walls, all because Boaz wants to show the generosity and kindness of his God. It's an amazing, amazing display of affection that he had. It's an amazing display of God's goodness through his life. He's really living out the godly principles to honor the orphans and widows and foreigners. So this is a huge thing and it would have caused a stir. And who knows, maybe even some of the young men may not have even liked Boaz's generosity, but he did tell him very strongly, you're to treat her well. So Ruth fell at her feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness? She asked. I'm only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. She just falls to her knees, prostrates herself on the ground in front of him in a, in a symbolic worship manner and just thanks him because she understands what her status is right now. She's not demanding, yeah, you should take care of me because it's your duty. She doesn't do that. She's not saying, oh, yeah, you know, you should take care of me because I'm frail and weak. She doesn't do that at all. She is overcome with thankfulness because of Boaz's generosity, understanding her position, understanding that she needs God's grace. And why did Boaz do it? Well, Boaz did it because he had seen her character. And this is such an important thing for you and for me. We don't understand sometimes how living God's way with integrity is really going to be our blessing in the future. There are many times when living for ourselves selfishly, 
and putting God's uh, God's standards second in our life may benefit the short term, but it's not going to benefit our long term. And so for Ruth, she took herself down and she wanted to follow God's way and honor him. And this was really when she didn't even know much about God. (laughs) And it's an amazing thing that she did. So he saw her integrity and he wanted to honor that because she honored Naomi. And then even here, when Boaz says, I've heard how you left your father and mother to live with complete strangers, it's even a bit reminiscent of God's call to Abraham. The same kind of words are used. You left your father and mother to live among complete strangers. So the fact that Boaz can see that this woman left her God, her family, her hometown, and to be joined to to Yahweh, he could really resonate with that feeling because that's what his people did. The true heart of Israelite people is to worship God. So he says in verse 12, May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you've come and take refuge, reward you fully for what you've done. I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You've comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I am not one of your workers. Boaz is just putting his blessing onto her because of who she is and her character and heart. The fact that she left her old God is completely exposed to to, to famine, to death, disease, rape, assault, everything you could imagine. She put everything aside, put herself out there in an effort to please God, and it was not unnoticed. His reaction, once again, is not by chance, right? God knew what was going to happen. God was working in Boaz's heart to provide for Ruth and Naomi. And Ruth was expecting nothing from Boaz. We can see that because when she says, I am not one of your workers, in the Hebrew, the word workers is actually a term of a female servant. And this is the type of servant who is not part of the family, who, for example, uh, with Hagar, she was one of those servants where she was a concubine who was able to give birth to continue the family line but her status was never elevated. Ruth realizes that she's in the lowest social status, that even if she was able to become someone's concubine, that she still wouldn't rise any ranks. She wouldn't be seen as having any status. So there's no safety in even having someone's baby unless she gets actually married. So she really understands how gracious this is. So then after this happens, there's some time in between. Then at the mealtime in verse 14, Boaz calls to her, come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. So she sat with his harvesters and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she wanted and still had some left over. Once again, we're going to see Boaz's extreme generosity 
and how he breaks down these cultural walls so that he can show God's faithfulness, God's generosity, and his goodness to this woman. So Ruth most likely had no lunch, right? She was a foreigner, was very poor in an agricultural system where they didn't have, you know, convenience stores everywhere. And she was a distant from where Boaz was eating. So he had to call out to her, right? He probably went up to her, left the table, called out to her, come over here and help yourself to some food. This food was prepared for his workers, his male servants who were working in the field. It was not uh, designed for everyone there. And so she came and she approached the men and sat down with them and ate. And this was a huge thing because at that time, only those who are really accepted into the community, into the, the, the team, were able to sit down together and have a meal. It was a communal thing. And so by inviting her to come sit with the men and eat with him, he was welcoming her basically into his family, welcoming her with open arms. And it, it could be seen as a huge scandal or controversy today. It's like, who are you to come sit with him? Right? It's like the CEO of the company has an elaborate meal at his boardroom. He goes down all the way to the cafeteria in the corner and chooses, you know, the the you know, the lowest of the low worker in his company, you know, who's not eating anything because they don't have enough money, and inviting them to come up to the executive lounge to have a meal with his most trusted associates. Like it's huge. This is God showering his generosity upon the woman. So verse 15. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her, and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. So Ruth gathered barley there all day, and when she beat the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. She carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law. Ruth also gave her the roasted grain that was left over from her meal. So here once again, Boaz is showing continued, continued, continued generosity. He's just giving her this grain for free. And he's telling his men, make it easy for her. He's basically letting his men do extra work just to be nice to Ruth. What can you say besides that's God's generosity? I mean, obviously, she did have to work. She was working all day. It wasn't like she was just sitting back, laughing at the men. No, she was working hard. And this is one thing about living with God is that we do still have to do our portion. God wants to provide an avenue for us. God wants to provide a way for us to move forward. But we do still have to walk and do our own actions to live out what God has for us. He doesn't want us to be lazy. He doesn't want us just to take advantage of the system. God wants us to be productive. And here Ruth is doing that. And she fills an entire basket. And so probably about 30 to 50 pounds, depending on who determines how much 
weight that measurement is. There's different opinions, but it doesn't matter. It's heavy, right? Especially for Ruth, who's a woman. So she carried it all the way back to town and showed her mother-in-law. In verse 19, where did you gather all this grain from? Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you. So Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man whose field she worked in. His name was Boaz. May the Lord bless him. Naomi told her daughter-in-law, he's showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. Then Ruth said, what's more, Boaz even told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the entire harvest is completed. Good, Naomi exclaimed. Do as he said, my daughter. Stay with his young women right through the whole harvest. You might be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him. So Ruth continued working alongside the women in Boaz's fields and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer. And all the while, she lived with her mother-in-law. So Naomi is completely shocked. She was not expecting this. She may be expecting little handfuls of grain. She pretty much assumed that her life was over. Remember, she was bitter. She was, she thought that God raised his fist against her and she lost her hope. But just when she lost her hope, God came through. And it looks like here, regaining her vigor. She's more cheery. She's blessing him. She's excited. And this is the thing that we have to understand is that as we're experiencing hardship, even sometimes if it's by our own by our own two hands, there's still a chance for hope. Obviously, her husband isn't going to come back to life. Her sons won't come back to life. That's not going to happen. You know, what's what's happened happened. But there is still hope for her future. And she's really emphasizing the fact that Boaz isn't just being nice to Ruth, isn't being just nice to Naomi, but Boaz is fulfilling his duty as redeemer by taking care of the dead husband's family. So really this chapter is driving home the fact that Boaz is such a noble and godly man. He is doing above and beyond what anybody else would do. He's really trying his very hardest to uphold what God has asked in the Torah. And he's creating such a good and healthy environment. It's just absolutely positive. The workers are happy. The women are happy. Everyone's happy. That's the blessing that Boaz is bringing by being a faithful follower of God. And he just wants to take those reactions and give the glory to God. And so she makes a decision that she will stay with Boaz for the whole season. And then she even stays later for the wheat harvest. And most likely, Boaz is letting her use his threshing floor because where is she going to have her own threshing floor to really beat out all the, all the wheat and the barley? So Boaz is letting her into his life and treating her just like an equal, if not an, an established guest. 
which is completely unheard of, completely unexpected, but that's Boaz's heart. His heart is to honor God. He's bringing new life into Naomi's heart, allowing Naomi to see God's covenant relationship, allowing Naomi to see that that God is real despite her poor theology. And Ruth can see that this God is the God of generosity, the God who's a protector, and the God who fights for those who are right. So it's an amazing chapter. And next week, we're going to go into chapter three, and we're going to see what happens next in the story. So I just want to say thank you today for listening to chapter two. Hope you're enjoying as much as I am, and just get ready for chapter three. Thanks, everybody, and go out with hope and excitement.